Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, September 19th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we have a jam-packed show and one that, thanks to a late-night press release, is ever-evolving. But uh, before we do that, I do want to let you know that over at the Broadway World, where I work during normal business hours, we launched a new site i get a page a site um it's it's broadway world around the world it kind of congregates and aggregates all of our regional theater coverage one of the, the things that we often hear is that people from outside of new york who want to get information about wherever their um specific market is is that it's hard for them to find that information so we have made a new page where you can get all of the regional theater coverage from around the world the biggest stories um, right there in one place that's at broadwayworld.com slash around the world so if you want to check that out um it's got great stuff we've got the top story right now are is a, a the first look photos of Felicia Rashad and head of passes out in Los Angeles. So uh, check that out, broadwayworld.com slash around the world. You're going to use up all the bits on the internet. <laughs> hey, man, we, you know, quality and quantity over at Broadway World. <laughs> all right. First up in the news. Oh, heartbreaking. Betsy Wolf departs the upcoming Carousel Revival. Yeah, James, this was another one of those surprising late night press releases from the team of Scott Rudin Productions, Scott Rudin Productions, as at about 1030 last night, we got the press release that the recently announced Betsy Wolf would be leaving the upcoming Broadway revival of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Carousel. She had previously been announced to be playing Carrie Pipperidge. And according to the press release, a replacement will be announced shortly. If we've learned anything from uh, Mr. Rudin, he doesn't like to waste time with these things. Um, so I, who knows? That be, could be coming today. It could be coming in a month. Who knows? But I would keep my eyes out on another press release following this one up very quickly. The official reason for Wolf's departure is scheduling difficulties. In a statement, the actress said, quote, I am so sad that I won't be able to join this beautiful production due to scheduling conflicts this fall. I repeat, she said scheduling conflicts this fall and wish the team all the best moving forward. For his part, Rudin said, we wish Betsy well and are enormously disappointed she won't be able to join the company at the Imperial. Now, James, Carousel is scheduled to have its first preview performance at the Imperial Theater on Broadway on February 28th. So unless Rudin and director Jack O'Brien are planning a major fall workshop of the show, I'm not sure why scheduling conflicts in the fall would prevent Betsy from being a part of the show in the spring. And if there is a carousel related commitment that would necessitate Betsy being there in the fall, wouldn't we expect to hear of Joshua Henry departing the Hamilton tour sit down stop in Los Angeles soon, since he's playing Billy Bigelow in the production of carousel. I, I don't know, James, this whole thing just seems fishy to me. And I'm not just talking about Mr. Snow, Mr. Snow's perfume. I, I suppose perhaps she could have booked a, quote-unquote better gig on stage or screen or perhaps it's something personal but she was tweeting about how excited she was to be a part of the show as recently as like last thursday or friday so while i know these things could come at you fast i would think that if you think that there's a chance that you might not be involved with the production you might choose to avoid mentioning it publicly and on social media but i don't know james the timing of this is just very weird <sighs> I hope that she's not in the Ocarina jail. Uh, and that yeah. This type of thing is uh, – I wish people would just be upfront about this. It, it, it doesn't seem to all add up. It's 
it's a very upsetting for me. I really wanted to see her in Carousel. Um, she was at the Yankee game last night. She sang the national anthem. She did? Uh, yeah, she sang the national anthem at the Yankee game last night. And uh, uh, Betsy did. Um, and so, I mean, we'll have to see what happens here. So I, I also saw somebody else pose the fact that she was asked to uh, stay on and finish out the run of Waitress. But I don't know about that. I mean, that's just uh, Twitter posings. I- yeah, we 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 talked last week about the um the trip she made out to Los Angeles, which was brought on by the Weislers. They did send her out to Los Angeles to film something. That's all we really know. Um, my initial inclination, which I said at the time on this show, was that it was something to do with an upcoming cast change, whether that was in the role of Jenna or somebody else. Who knows? Um, I speculated that it was. It was a uh, the new Jenna and Jennifer Nettles, but it could have been something else. So maybe she is going to stay on with Waitress longer. But it just seems weird that you're going to stay in a show where you're the second replacement rather than originating a role in a revival that very well could earn a pretty healthy awards consideration come springtime. We're going to have to see. All right. Uh, next up in the news, last week's Broadway grosses. Yeah, last week, James, the box office rebounded quite well, uh, partially on the strength of Bandstand and Groundhog Day closing. We'll talk about some of the other reasons why here in a bit. Total receipts were up over $3 million to come in at $26,613,181. That's up 12 and three quarters percent from the previous week. The total also included the first three performance of Time and the Conways as well. In its final week, Groundhog Day jumped up over $200,000 to come in at $892,500. 81 and bandstand picked up $217,724 to end its Broadway run with a frame of $757,431. In fact, only three of Broadway's 27 shows, not counting time in the Conways, uh, saw week to week declines and they were all around $25,000 or less. And those shows were Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Dear Evan Hansen and Hamilton, obviously, especially the latter two I'm not too concerned about. Unsurprisingly, the $21,000 dip didn't impact Hamilton's status as the top show on the boards, bringing in $2,932,511. And with Bette Midler back at the Schubert Theater, Hello Dolly saw by far the biggest increase of the week, picking up over $1.4 million to come in at $2.3 million for the week. The show was followed by The Lion King, Dear Evan Hansen, Wicked, Aladdin, Come From Away, and The Book of Mormon, all in the seven-figure club. The Hello, Dolly! total marks the fourth time that the show has broken the Schubert Organization's all-time box office record and the sixth time that the show has set the box office record at the Schubert Theater specifically. James, it's also worth noting that last week was the second week of Broadway Week. Again, don't do the math there. So uh, I get, although I have a theory. So a lot of the shows sold a ton of two-for-one tickets, meaning that their grosses were up even though their cost per ticket totals declined. Shows that had been struggling like War Paint, the previously mentioned Waitress, and Kinky Boots all saw six-figure bumps. And Beautiful, again, saw a big step forward, defying the traditional fall grosses decline, coming in at nearly $907,000, its fourth highest total of 2017 thus far. But if you think about it, James, Broadway Week sells two-for-one tickets. So it's kind of like you get two weeks – for one, 
mm. in Broadway week. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that has nothing to do with it, but I just, you know, a little thought bubble popped up while we were talking. Boop, boop. I, I, I can see it from here. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> let's uh, dive deep into a specialty of yours, uh, television. So yes. um, some Broadway favorites took home Emmys on Sunday night. They did. We had the uh, 69th Annual Emmy Awards on Sunday night hosted by Stephen Colbert, a theater favorite uh, for a lot of people uh, in Los Angeles. And there were a number of uh, theater favorites who received Emmy Awards. And if I have to uh, and I have to say a lot of them were pretty right on with with predictions that Jen and I made. We had uh, John Lithgow winning Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series for The Crown, Alec Baldwin winning for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series for his portrayal of Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live. We also had Elizabeth Moss winning for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series for The Handmaid's Tale, and Riz Ahmed won Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series or TV Movie. And you might be saying... I know a lot of theater people. I don't know who Riz Ahmed is. Riz Ahmed is an actor and a rapper who is featured on the Hamilton mixtape and was part of that Immigrants We Get the Job Done music video that won an MTV Video Music Award a couple weeks ago. When they were announcing the London cast of Hamilton, a lot of people were hoping that he would be playing Hamilton. But he's an Emmy winner now, and he's got far too many other things to do to do a a theater production, I guess. Um, But... If you happen to listen to Some Like It Pop over the weekend, Jen and I made our predictions. And James, not to pat myself on the back because my arm doesn't stretch that far, but but I actually got 18 of my 19 predictions correct. The only one I missed was the Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series where I picked Chrissy Metz from This Is Us and was actually Ann Dowd, who I had said I actually wanted to win. So my gloating is over. I finally beat Jen in a competition. Granted, we didn't make a wager this time, but... I'm going to frame this or something over my desk to prove that I'm not a loser when it comes to these things. <laughs> Excellent. You finally beat Jen, but you guys didn't, you didn't wait. No, for anything. we didn't. Oh. We didn't. We just weren't in the mood and we picked so many that were the same. She got 16 of 19. Correct. So it's not like I blew her away, but still whatever. Blow us all away. All right. <laughs> so, uh, next up showing casting news. Yeah, James. Now, one of my favorite theatrical experiences of all time was seeing a regional production of the musical um, The Drowsy Chaperone, where I went in and I didn't know anything about it. And I saw the show and I was, to borrow a phrase we just said, blown away with how fun and inventive it was. Now, the man and the character who made that show possible are coming back to New York as Bob Martin, the Tony nominated writer of The Drowsy Chaperone will return as man in chair for New York City Center's upcoming original production of Hey, Look Me Over. This show uh, is kind of an amalgamation of a lot of uh, Encore City Center things that they wanted to put together and haven't been able to. This show will be on February 7th through the 11th at City Center and will be uh, music directed by Rob Berman. Um, a lot of this this show specifically has gotten some interest because it's not what Encores normally does. Encores normally does, you know, fully staged concert productions of shows. Well, this is going to be pulling out songs and things from shows that they haven't been able to do thus far. Uh, Encores artistic director Jack Vertel said in a statement, quote, we are delighted that Man in Chair has agreed to appear. We're proud and humble that he's going to sit 
on, uh, to sit in on City Center stage and provide some perspective on shows like Green Willow, Mac and Mabel, Milk and Honey, and Wildcat. His viewpoint is unique and lest we forget, hilarious. Man in Chair said, I'm doing this as my little private way of registering a complaint that in 24 years of service to the world of musical theater, Encores has not done a single show by Cable and Stein, the authors of The Drowsy Chaperone, and six other mid-20s musicals. So nice that they're keeping everything on brand there. But um, yeah, so very fun. I, I love... I, I love the Drowsy Chaperone and I love Man in Chair. So um, I feel a, a, a kinship with him in a, in a lot of ways. So that'll be fun to see uh, come up in February. And then, James, we spoke of Broadway week, uh, a segment or two ago. Now we have information that tickets are now on sale for off-Broadway week. And you guessed it. It's more than one week. Uh, it's two weeks. The uh, tickets went on sale yesterday at 10:30 a.m. and the this week's this year's Broadway week will run September 25th through October 8th, and you can get two for one tickets for 36 Off Broadway productions. There is a ton of them, including uh, A Clockwork Orange, When Pigs Fly. Torch Song, um, in and of itself, the um, Bible, uh, Mary Jane, Musical, um, Puffs, or Seven Increasingly Eventful Years at a Certain School of Magic. Um, both of the Red Letter plays a lot of great off-Broadway shows. So if you want to get two-for-one tickets, this is the time to do it. You can go to nycgo.com slash off-broadway-week or, more conveniently, you can go to broadwayradio.com and check the show notes. Um. You know, this is, I'm going to say, off-Broadway. It's actually not even about theater, but, you know, okay. we have the, also the 91st Annual Festival, uh, the Feast of San Gennaro, the San Gennaro Fest um, here in Little Italy in New York, and it's going to rain today. So, actually, the rain is the best time to go because nobody goes, and you get some good food. Mm. Yeah, just, Interesting. Good call there. Know, if you're uh, going to see a show downtown, maybe go to San Gennaro if you go into the public or New York Theater Workshop or something like that or some of the others downtown. Go to San Gennaro. There's some uh, good stuff happening there. Good things happening with garlic. Love garlic. <laughs> Betsy Wolf and garlic are my two favorite things. Uh, don't All tell right. Kelly O'Hara. And Kelly O'Hara. <laughs> right, moving on. Jake Gyllenhaal announces uh, a Sunday in the Park album will be released next month. This month. Yeah, this month. Yeah, James. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was recently on one of my favorite shows, uh, CBS Sunday Morning, and they were doing a profile on him. And he mentioned that the long-awaited cast album of the recent revival of Sunday in the Park with George would be released at the end of this month. Now, James, you might remember we've talked about this when it was recorded back in April. And at the time, they said it would be released in June. It is no longer June. It is now September. That caused a lot of people some concern about whether or not this album would ever come out. But according to Jake, it will be out later this month. We have kind of seen some different things popping up on Amazon for it. I, I have not seen an official pre-order link yet, but it did look like they were putting some things up to make that available soon. We will let you know when it happens, but uh, there were many, many people in the theatrical community that were concerned that we would never get this album, or if we did, it would be so late that no one would care. But to be eligible for this coming year's Grammy Awards, albums have to be released by the 30th of September, so I'm sure that's what prom uh, prompted them to get this out sooner rather than later or later rather than on time. I see. Yeah. Um, hmm. 
That that's that's interesting. I guess that it better come out by September thirtieth, or else yeah. uh, I'd imagine it won't come out. Well, I mean, it, it it very well could just be bumped to the next year because it the Garmies don't care when it was recorded or what's a production of it; just cares on when it's released. So it could be released for the twenty nineteen Grammys, but that seems like a you know two well, years think, after the fact. Yeah, I'm thinking that you know, even with Jake Gyllenhaal in it, only the most uh, Sondheim of Sondheimiest fans are going to go out and buy an album, uh, a cast recording of a show that's not running. You know, they would they would have sold a ton more if it had been released while the show was running. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's going to... Releasing it is just going to be for the Grammys uh, because they're going to lose money on it. Hmm. All right. Um, so let's tease uh, tomorrow's uh, interview with Susan Miller. Uh, Susan Miller is uh, a playwright, and she's got a show coming up at the uh, Signature Center uh, it, this November, and I got a chance to speak with her and uh, uh, about her upcoming show, 20th Century Blues, and that'll be on tomorrow's episode of Today on Broadway. And uh, we had a great conversation, so that'll be a lot of fun to listen to. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? Cool. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at BWMatt, and subscribe to Something Like a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 